My guest today is an incredible musician. She can play guitar. She can play drums. She can play bass. From the band Betty Badass, please welcome the very talented <laughs> Haley Glines. Hi, Haley. How's it going? I mentioned like an old band, <laughs> which is kind of. Yeah, I was um, like, oh, shit, that's the band. <laughs> that was like California days for yeah. me. I wanted to surprise you with like uh, just mentioning like, <laughs> an old band name. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was like five years ago, which is, I guess, like a lifetime in music world, really. Right. Feels like it. That was my first ever like real band. My yeah. Those are good times. Memories. Was... Memories. <laughs> so let's talk about like I mentioned you playing like uh, guitar and drums because I've seen videos of you playing guitar and drums. And I'm just I just keep getting surprised the more I see things from you. I'm just like, damn, she could do that, too. OK, well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So what is your favorite instrument to play? I'd say guitar. I play piano as well, but. I haven't owned a piano since I've lived in New York. So that was like five years ago. I, I really love piano. You know, I haven't gotten to play one. I don't get to mess around with one anymore. So, you know what you should do? I used to do this. I used to go like I didn't have many guitars. I only had one acoustic, but I wanted I remember like in the beginning, I wanted like an electric because I always feel more comfortable with, with electric guitars. I would just go to um, Guitar Center and just play every guitar for like hours. <laughs> No, I used to do that when I first moved here. I used to go to the Guitar Center in Union Square because I was still waiting for my guitar to be shipped out here from California. And I went to the Guitar Center in Union Square a lot just to like play guitars and, you know, mess around. And there was this one guy who worked at that specific Guitar Center who at one point I, I went there one time with a couple friends and was messing around on a guitar. And he told me to turn down the amp. <laughs> but I noticed that all the guys that were playing around me were twice as loud as me. So that's fucked I, up. Yeah, I felt like it. I, as I walked out of that guitar center, I asked my friend, I'm like, is it just me? Do I sound crazy? Or was that dude like telling me to turn down because I'm a woman playing yes. the guitar? And she was that like, I totally think that was it. So oh. I stopped going to that guitar center because he was a sexist asshole. What, and he what year was that? Do you remember? 2017. Okay, so not that long ago. Wow. I would think at a time now, obviously, things have, uh, we're not there, of course, but things are changing. And it's gotten a lot better since when I first, when I was in my 20s, you know, and I noticed that too, when, you know, women were treated differently as musicians, especially musician, you know, women. No one ever, like, in the past anyway, from what I saw, took them fully seriously. They, they didn't think, they were like true musicians, you know, but far from right, because uh, I mean, I've seen you play on videos and I'm just like like on drums and, and I'm very critique on drums. Are you critiquing <laughs> other musicians as well? Like I, I, I do that. I'm definitely no drummer. I like to mess around with them, but I, I don't think I could ever be a drummer in a band. <laughs> Why too much? My, I get tired really fast. I can't <laughs> I can't play like super complex things. I can play them in my head. But when I get behind an actual kit, I'm like, oh, fuck. and then I just like, I don't know. I it's definitely my weakest instrument for sure. Well, you know, it's funny that it may be that. But I what I do notice is that you have a, a good time. So you have a natural like body time. 
you know, in our heads, we have this time in ourselves when we play music. I think you have that down. If anything, that's important. Yeah, it's I guess it's easier on guitar for me, though. Yeah. I mean, props to drummers like you who can actually because that's like the real meat and potatoes of the band is keeping that beat going. Yeah. I don't know well, if I can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we had this joke as drummers. Uh, when do you know a drummer's at the door? He doesn't know when to come in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have sound effects for this show. I wish I did. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. It is an important part of the, you know, the whole process. The uh, It's the heartbeat to the song, I guess. But also, like, being behind there, I need to see the bass player. Like, I love it when a bass player turns around and I can see the chords because I like to go along with that and the sound. It's weird. Like, I like to go along with the sound of that and the sound of the voice. It's kind of a interesting. I guess you got to both play. You know, both parts are important. All parts are important. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's the drum and bass that really are the backbone of the band. And the guitar and vocals are just the fun fill-ins, really. We I wouldn't see anything without the drum and bass. Sure. I got to say this, though. You have energy. <laughs> I don't know if you notice this. Like, do you notice yourself like? When you sing, it just like you sing out loud when you play guitar. You, you, you see, that's why I always thought maybe she's her favorite instrument is drums or drums because. She has the energy of a drummer to me anyway, because I, I kind of feel the same way when I play guitar, like I play guitar like I play drums. But yeah, you have energy, man, when you play. Thank you. I you feel know? like I if I'm. Like I can air drum to a song and know exactly what's going on in the song, what drum they're hitting and everything. But then when I try to get behind a drum set, I can't actually play it. Yeah. You know, the air drumming is a little different. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, it's not tuned the same to the, uh, an acoustic drum set. It's, <laughs> it's a little, um, lightweight. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, feel like you, I, I, when I write a song, I know how most of the time I know how all the instruments are supposed to be, especially the drum parts. But if I try to play my own songs on drums, I can't. And I literally wrote the song. I'm like, I can't even play this. <laughs> do you start when you write a song? Do you start off with a guitar part? Is that a, or is there like a beat in your head first? Like a, like a. I always start with the guitar, whether it's fun, catchy riff or um, just like a really nice, memorable chord progression for a chorus. Um, lyrics always come second for me. Uh, I think the lyrics are the hardest part for me. Usually I leave that to last. I don't know why. And, you know, it's funny because I, I feel that I don't know if you ever have this like a writing process where it's frustrating. But I feel that I have all these thoughts in my head. And how do am I not putting it right on a song? You know, I don't know if you. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same. I feel like when I was younger, I used to be able to come up with really intelligent lyrics. And they used to come a lot easier to me. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like writing lyrics is like pulling teeth. I could have so many different things going on in my life that are worthy of writing a song of and i sit down and try to write and i can't 
think of how to even begin to put it down on paper. It's, it's becoming more of a struggle the older I get, I think. You know what it is when, when I think when we're younger, we're just loose and we don't care too much about the world, but just accept our, what we go through. But now that we know so much more about the world as we get older, it's like, well, this song has to be good. You know, like it's that pressure of, this has to be a good song now, you know? If I start writing a song and like halfway through, I feel like eh, this isn't, I don't feel 100% about this. I'll just scratch it. I don't finish writing a song that I don't feel really good about. I think it's pointless. I only want to put like my best pieces out there. I, I'm kind of the, I like to put my my sloppy stuff out there. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, like to- gotta go for the buildup. <laughs> <laughs> be like if this if you think this is good just wait (laughs) wait till you hear the 11 year old part of me songwriting (laughs) uh i I like to embarrass myself i'm kind of like a self-deprecating kind of guy i guess and i wasn't always like that because it was kind of like i think when i was a kid i was so confident and like really confident where i just thought i could do anything you know and i never belittled myself and now as an adult i kind of do it all the time as a joke, really, to myself, it's kind of a weird process. Don't don't walk in my shoes. It's not a, <laughs> not a fun. It's kind of a well, it is funny. But anyway, now you've been in New York for how long? Four and a half years. OK, so I thought it was longer for some reason. I just, you know, give off the presence of a, a New, New Yorker. Yorker already. <laughs> you do. You give off like a badass presence, man. Like, you know, we met. We talked about this, too. But, um at the library bar in the LES, the Lower East Side of New York. And it, it's a punk rock bar, pretty much. You know, the jukebox is like a you press the hard buttons, you know, and it's not like a touchscreen or anything. Remember that jukebox? The old school, old yeah. school jukebox. I actually live like a 10 minute walk away from there now. I live in Chinatown. Oh, you're so lucky. That's a good spot. So we were talking about music and stuff, which is one of my favorite subjects. And uh, I thought like for me, you were pretty much a New Yorker. I was like, oh, you know, because I just moved back to New York at that time. And I was like, all right, I got to get to know some New Yorkers. And and I thought you've been there forever. Like you grew up in New York, (laughs) but you're from California, right? Yeah. Northern California. Um, The woods. The woods of California. You know, it's funny that I think growing up, I never thought of people that live like in, you know, smaller suburban or woods and, you know, kids don't know how to play. They're not in like bands and stuff. You know, I always thought it was a city thing, but I was proven wrong. So how did you become a musician down in uh, what part of uh, Northern California? I grew up in a town called Marysville, which is like. A little bit north of Sacramento. Okay. Suburban. Yeah, it's like very small town. Nothing to do. People are <laughs> boring all the same. Just no- nothing going on. It's just a very sad place to live. Like nobody ever leaves that town. It was that kind of place. Uh, I hate those. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. I When I was a kid, I lived in a town called Harrison, New Jersey. And uh, I was in and out of there. But. It's the same thing. You know, everyone, no one leaves that town. Everyone knows each other from high school and even their kids know their kids. And, you know, it's just that yeah, cy- that cycle. 
But um, so for you, what made you start playing music? Well, was, was it that it was too quiet in that town? And you're like, you know, we got to throw some noise in here. Well, I started playing music in that town. Well, the music scene in that town, it was, you know, just like small local bars. There was probably like not even 10 bars in that town. I don't know. But it was mostly just a lot of country cover bands, which my mom is a singer of one of them. <laughs> and and my grandpa was the guitarist in her band for a long time. And like the past decade, there's been like more rock bands around that area, but there's not many original bands. There's like three original bands in that area that I have seen play out in the local bar scene. Let's see, when I was in Betty Badass, we didn't play too many shows there before I ended up moving here, but we had to throw together like a three-hour show, two two to three-hour show. That's a long time for like... Yeah, well, bands in that area are expected to do a, to do a four-hour slot Shit. because they're because they're all cover bands, so they just learn four hours worth of covers. Yeah. But I think I did like a two-hour set with my band, and I learned like one set of covers and one set of originals. And where did the and name just, uh, Betty Badass come from? Um, Cause obviously that's not your name. <laughs> I know I've gotten that. I used to get that question at shows like, are you Betty or, you know, <laughs> or are you, I'm like, or are you no. badass? <laughs> it was something I just like came up with as like sarcasm. I would see someone that thought they were super cool. And I'd just be like, oh, look at Betty Badass over there. Mm. So I just made it my band name. See, I thought <laughs> I thought it was like an alter ego. You know, it's like she's the sweetest person off the stage. But when she gets up there, she's just going to kill it. You know, that wasn't the intention at first, but I feel like it kind of became that. But actually, that's funny that you mentioned like that as an alter ego and just becoming that on stage because I remember my first gig with Betty Badass right before I went on stage, I did like something happened to me where I'm like, I feel like a different person. And before I started playing that show, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, just be Lizzie Hale, be Lizzie Hale. <laughs> well, it's kind of like that whole feeling of being Clark Kent and or Superman, you know, it's they're both equally cool. You know, and you could be someone else. I don't know. It's also the stage, man. The stage changes your life, too. You know, once you start to get up there, it's just, God, I, I'm a whole different person up here because you're throwing your entire insecurities, your artistry. You don't know if people are going to like this or not. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. And it takes a lot of courage. And once you do it, you're just a, a whole different people. I mean, person i mean i feel i feel like you you feel that right yeah actually like before i was playing with betty badass i would open up for local bands in town and i would just do a solo set with my acoustic guitar and you know perform alanis and jewel and you know all that and then i just started performing with a band and it felt so different it, i i did feel like a different person on stage now, did you ever play with your mom? Did you ever play like a, a country cover or something? I don't like country, so I never performed a country <laughs> song with my mom. I did. Let's see. I have sang with my mom, though. What did I sing? 
I don't remember what I was. I would always conform my mom more to the rock side. And I have. I've succeeded at that a little bit. Oh, sweet. Um, she's never got me over to the countryside to perform with her. Yeah. Uh, listen, I was never a country fan ever uh, until I went to visit my friend in Nashville and which was like two, three months ago. And uh, or maybe a little longer. Time is flying. And it's just when COVID like, you know, started loosening up and places were opening again. And so I started I was just happy to see live music. And the, on, the only live music I could see in Nashville is obviously country music. <laughs> So I was just like, fuck, all right, whatever. And then I started listening to it. I'm like, oh, not bad. So I do enjoy it live a little bit, but I cannot listen to it on the radio. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, I've heard Nashville actually has a pretty good rock scene, no? It's getting there. Um, they do have a certain area part of Nashville where there is some rock. So it is getting there. You know, it wasn't always like that before. So now did your mom... Like, does she teach you how to play music? Uh, my mom sings. She doesn't play any instruments. Okay. But my grandpa taught me how to play guitar. My mom's dad. My dad is also a singer and he plays the drums. But yeah, it was mainly just my guitar. My grandpa taught me guitar when I was 12. And then I just picked up all the instruments after that myself. Do you know how to read music or you just? I tried a few times. I've tried really hard, but it's boring. And I started to pick it up a little, but it feels like rocket science. When you play by ear, at least for me, when I would try to learn how to read a song, I would just start memorizing what I was playing. And so I wouldn't be reading it anymore. So I wasn't continuing to like get better at reading. I was just memorizing what I was playing. So yeah, yeah, I, I gave up. I was like, I'll just play a half-assed version by ear instead of trying to perform rocket science right now yeah I, I i remember i feel the same way like i remember i went to guitar center and i bought like uh uh foo fighters uh notes a uh, book of notes you know music notes and all that and i try to learn it just like you but there were also tabs underneath the the notes so i was like this is easier let me just read the tabs <laughs> yeah i i prefer to like tabs are useful because I, I'm not a big like solo and lead player. I've gotten a little better at lead and soloing lately, but I, I still just play like very simple stuff when it comes to that. But I can't really hear lead and solo by ear as not nearly as well as I can rhythm. So okay. tabs come into bees full oh, yeah. in that department for me. Yeah, tabs are my friends. I love tabs. <laughs> Um, in fact, when I have a kid, I'm going to name him Tab. Tab. <laughs> or if you have a daughter, Tabitha. Tab yeah, you're right. I actually have a, <laughs> I have a friend named Tabitha. I call her Tabs, actually. I just realized that. You just want me to have a girl. Girl power. Teacher, teacher the drums. Oh, my God. Speaking of girls who play drums, did you see? I was going to bring this Mandy up later on. I know. That was so awesome. <laughs> That was so rad. Uh, do you for, love her as much as I do? I mean, look, I follow I've been following her for two years. And the first time I saw her. So anyone that doesn't know that's listening, doesn't know who um, Nandy Bushell is. She's like this. I think she's 11 years old right now. But um, mm -hmm. Prodigy, I, I, she could play every instrument. 
She's an incredible drummer. I mean, musician. She challenged Dave Grohl to a drum off. 11 year old challenged Dave Grohl, who played, I don't know, you know, this band. Have you ever heard of it? Nirvana, just a local band from Seattle. And I mean, Dave, listen, Dave didn't play to his potential on his own drum set and everything, but he got his ass kicked by her when they went back and forth. (laughs) Did you see those? Yes. And they were amazing, but not to mention the songs they wrote for each other. Oh, yeah. She wrote a song to him and he wrote a song to her. Her song was way better. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It kicked ass like her song. I got stuck in my head for days. Like his song to her was cute, but she she's a songwriter. She's she has her future lined up for her. It makes me happy because, you know, there's a trend of music that always changes. And right now, you know, like I grew up in 90s rock and, you know, hip hop as well. But I feel like hip hop and R&B and pop are kind of taken over for the past 15 years now. And rock is kind of people are saying rock is dying and all this. And I'm thinking, I don't think so. I think there's going to be a new wave of rockers coming out. And when I see like little kids like Nandy doing what she does, I'm just like, all right, there's no way rock is dying. There's no way. Yeah. She's just incredible. And she played with like, like Lenny Kravitz. She played with, I mean, she plays with everyone now. Now she's like super big. Like Chad Smith. Yep. Travis Barker. She's the youngest person to be on the cover of uh, Drummer World magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Maybe I'll get her on the podcast someday. Imagine. I mean, the gig she performed with Foo Fighters, like, she didn't look nervous at all. She just went out there and owned it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Dave always brings up someone on stage and lets them play. And for the most part, some of them are good. But you could tell that they lose a little bit. Like, it's different when you're around 60,000 people, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And you could tell by their faces and by the way they play. It's not like how they play, like, at the garage or whatever. And, but Nandy plays like she's been on in front of thousands of people all the time. Like, she, she's a star, she, man. She, she totally beat the performance with Kiss Guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yes. And he was good. He was great, um, but, but but she totally kicked his. And you did you see like my favorite part was like Taylor Hawkins sitting with his son uh, behind at his drum set, watching her and like recording and like cheering her on. Like it looked like he was like taking notes. He's like or just proud, you know. Like <laughs> he was so cute. Like he's showing his son. Look, that's that's a drummer right there. That's that's how you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That that brought like a smile to my face. So let's talk about you, though, performing wise. Like, um, so the first time you went on stage, what was that emotion for you? And how old were you? Do you remember? First time I went on stage, I feel like my first time performing. I think my mom's band was playing at some some family gathering thing her guitarist let me use her guitar and I got up and I think I played alongside my grandpa and we played pride and joy 
that was probably one of the first songs I learned how to play. Who plays that? Or- Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, shit, really? I did not know that. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out just so, like, <laughs> no one thinks, like, wait, Wally doesn't know who fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan songs are. <laughs> um, I so mean, you, the so- rhythm to that song was pretty much, like, three chords, so it was pretty easy, but it was cool because I never really, like, played guitar for a crowd before. I think I was, like... I think that was around the time I first started playing guitar. So I was like 12. It was fun. I'd never done it before. Yeah, I mean, for a 12-year-old to be to play in front of people, that's kind of cool. I wish I started late. I always did a lot of things in secret. You know, like I would play my with my mom's pots and pans on drums, <laughs> learning. <laughs> and uh, when, when she's not home or nobody's watching, you know, that was like my secret thing. I would just hit stuff with a wooden spoon and all that. Yeah, I was a very closeted musician and uh, sports was like my thing that was out there. But inside, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be Kurt Cobain. That's who I wanted to be. I love Kurt Cobain. He was just I didn't see, you know, as a kid, you don't see like the negative stuff. You just see how talented and how much that musician throws themselves out there, you know. So to me, that was what I loved. Who was your favorite? Like, who's your your musician hero, I guess? Then or now? Then as a kid. When I first started, I don't think I had like a specific person in mind. So you just started I, playing music just to play music. You didn't have like, you know, oh, I got to play like this person or that person. Yeah, because it, it was just something. It wasn't something where I was like. this musician's cool I want to do this because they do it it was more just like it was already something in my blood that ran in my family and like it just came naturally to me so I just kind of came to me like that to just do it because I felt like it was in me um but I'd say when I the first time I felt really inspired as a musician by someone I was probably in high school I got really drawn to Alanis Morissette. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. I think I, I heard one of my teachers in high school gave me, like, she copied Jagged Little Pill for me and I heard it and I just like fell in love with it. I, I bet I was we, like, I have to do this. I bet it was on CD, right? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> for those kids that don't know what a CD is, Google it. But Alanis Morissette, do you know that she her drummer was Taylor Hawkins, who is now the drummer for the Foo Fighters? Obviously. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had Foo Fighters stolen from Alanis. Yeah. I mean, he did. want. Did you see a documentary of the Foo Fighters? No. Oh, you haven't seen Back and Forth? No. Oh, my God. You got to see it. I would even buy it for you. Like That's a. <laughs> I, like I it's such a great documentary um, how they started. And uh, I mean, they lost a lot of players and gained some in between before. No, after they got big. So they were always like on camera and, you know, like, you know, usually like before you're a big band, you lose a lot of musicians or you change musicians until you find the right one. But they went through all that stuff in public. So it was a. Uh, so it's a good documentary. You got to check it out. I, I love it. Is it newer or older? It came out in 2011, I believe, or 2012. Yeah, Damn, that's, that's 10 years ago. 
Yeah, that's when the <laughs> that's when the wasting light came out. And I remember this because I was in Los Angeles. Wait, what is that? Wasting light, the album. Oh. It was oh. yeah. Yeah, it's Got it's you. so that's what got me. Like I love the Foo Fighters, but I wasn't like in a hundred percent or obsessed, I should say. Like I'm obsessed now, but until it was like wasting light came out. And I was living in L.A. and I went to see the first Foo Fighter show on February 4th, 2011. Uh, and I was five feet away from the stage. I mean, to see your favorite band the first time, just five feet away. Yeah. I'm, I'm like eye to eye contact with Dave Grohl's crotch. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is my rock god right here. I don't know why I said crotch. I just, just said guitar. <laughs> That's exactly. It's not like I was looking for it. But yeah, that was uh, that. But you should definitely check out that documentary because it leads up to that album and what how they recorded it and all that stuff. And it's pretty cool. But Alanis Morissette, back to her, like she's your favorite. What was it about Alanis stuff for you? You know, did you want to be like she's badass? But what was it about her for you? I think she's still to this day, I'll say she's one of my favorite and one of the best songwriters of our generation. Like the way she writes lyrics, she writes about things that you wouldn't ever even think about. Things that songwriters just don't normally write about. And she puts them in a way that really makes you think. Like pushes the envelope. Yeah. Like she doesn't write your basic love songs and you know she she writes about things that really twist your mind she's the songwriter of our time one of my favorite about her was uh the song you ought to know and Mm -hmm. i'm always a sound kind of guy i never listen to the to the lyrics first i always listen to the drums and the guitar and all that uh but with her song there's just something catchy about the lyrics and so true because she was going through, you know, a whole breakup thing. And and it was so honest and so powerful and then gritty. And I was just like, dude, she could write. <laughs> to be honest, that was the first woman that I thought was like a badass musician. And then I started looking for more and Then, you know, heart became my other one. I love heart. Nancy Wilson. Yes. The biggest crush <laughs> on her. Still do. <laughs> Nancy Wilson is probably one of my biggest guitar inspirations, and Ann Wilson is one of my biggest vocal inspirations. They are fucking amazing. I love those two. You know, but I so why not? Why New York? Why not Los Angeles? Because you're right there. I've That's- gotten that question a lot. <laughs> um, I never thought about moving out of my hometown. I was 21 when I moved here. And at the time, when I was living back home, I had met a friend on the internet through a Veruca Salt fan message board on Facebook. And we became best friends. And she kind of proposed the idea of like, if you ever wanted to like move here, you can stay here until you get on your feet and find a job and whatever and pursue your music here. So I came and visited her here and I loved it here and I knew someone here. So that sounded better than moving to L.A. I don't, I don't know anybody in L.A. Because I, I was thinking about that because when I 
realize that you lived in well, you're from California. I mean, if you've only been in New York four years, you're pretty much from California. I mean, you still yeah. have the license, California. I lost my license a couple years ago. And of course, living in New York, you don't need one. So you didn't. Yeah, because I mean, like L.A. is also really expensive. But on top of affording to live in L.A., you need a car. Everything about owning a car and driving is a pain in the ass. Like, I like taking the subway here. I'm like subway can be annoying sometimes, but it's way more convenient than having to deal with like car insurance and gas and parking and Everything. I think I think the subway is the look I whenever I move to a city, I always try to find a sit a part where I'm near a train because you don't lose time. You could read a book. You could listen to music. You could listen to the Wally McWalterson show podcast on the way. <laughs> I'm the only guy that plugs in my own show on my show, of course. <laughs> but, you know, like you could do so much on the subway and people always kind of bash the subway but it's such a fun place to meet people too like you know you i was always social so like living in boston i would take the tea and everyone talks to each other and in new york i remember when living in new york and queens you know you, you gotta pick the right people to talk to because there are some weirdos on the subway too oh yeah wait are you you're not in new york anymore no i'm in the caribbean oh what the hell man if i was in new york i would have asked you to come out for a drink that's that's what I I was like, address. You're like, oh, I'll send you a link. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, that's right. I was wondering why you. I thought you meant like, send me the address link. <laughs> oh no, I thought I was going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, you missed the uh, plane ticket. You're supposed to come down to the Caribbean and come <laughs> to my studio. <laughs> like, um, excuse me, I think uh, you're gonna be a little late. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I moved here about a, uh, February of last year. And uh, obviously, oh, wow. I, got, I got stuck here because of COVID. And uh, yeah, I left New York right around that time. Uh, I miss it so much. You don't know. Uh, once, I mean, New York City, you know, is the greatest city in the world, I think. It's just there's so yeah. much to do. Come visit. <laughs> yeah, I was there for Food Fighters on Father's Day. The first when was Father's Day, June 15 or something like that. Oh. It, was, it was the first concert since COVID, you know, and it was awesome. I was only there for like a day and a half or two days, but I felt so good to be back in New York. Where'd you see him at? Uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, that was that show. Yeah. There was like a bunch of protesters out front, huh? Well, we thought there were going to be a bunch because, you know, people were talking about why do you need a vaccine card to get into the show kind of thing, you know? And uh, honestly, we only saw one person with a sign. So it was kind of we were expecting that we were like, uh, dude, we're going to see like a bunch of people, you know, boycotting Foo Fighters and like true New York fashion. They don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one guy out there. But yeah, it was uh, it was a fun show. It was uh, the bars are open again. People were drinking. You didn't need to have a mask on. So that was kind of weird at the same time, too. It felt good. How are you feeling over there nowadays? I'm feeling all right. I it's nice that things are feeling a little more normal again. Now, are you thinking about playing uh, more music in New York now that, you know, places are starting to open up? What is your plan music wise? Yeah, 
so actually like right before COVID hit, I was jamming with someone, um, a few songs of mine to record an EP and we were going to do that. And then COVID hit so we couldn't. And then just a couple weeks ago, I started jamming again with him and someone else. Um, so we're going to pick up where we left off and record an EP together. So hopefully I can do that. and Maybe we can start playing shows. I still haven't played a show in New York. Really? In four years? Yeah. That's surprising to me. Well, <clears throat> I went through a lot of band ups and downs when I moved here. I, f- I feel like twice I've gotten a full band together and we've gotten up into the point where, oh, one more practice until we're ready to play a show and then everyone quits. So, Which is kind of weird to me because I feel that New York obviously has a, a lot of musicians, but I don't know. I, I would think that whenever you have a band, you're like, let's get things going. I just. It's because everyone has a million things going on and then they're like, oh, I'm too busy now for this. It's like, then why did you do it in the first place? Well, New Yorkers, there's always someone trying to be a musician or actor, trying to do everything, really. Yeah, I was very intimidated when I first moved here because I knew that everyone was doing something. There's so many musicians here. And then I I quickly realized, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of musicians here, but there are so many who just aren't good. (laughs) Now, have you been to L.A.? I have been to L.A., but I haven't spent much time there. I've gone there twice. Um, first time I went there, I, I auditioned for The Voice oh, when cool. I was like, I was like 16. That was fun. I didn't get through. Not even the first one? No, I, I got sick and I never get sick. I only get sick when it's important to not get sick. <laughs> so I got sick auditioned and i didn't get through i probably wouldn't have got through anyways i was like 16 i don't know you never know but it it was it was fun and then the second time i went to la was to see veruca salt when i was like 20 i've gotten some offers to be a part of really cool projects i even got like a really cool offer to be a guitarist in this band that had like really well-known people in it Mm -hmm. but i just i can't get myself to join any projects when like all I want to do is do my stuff I I don't want to half-ass one project or mine I want to just kind of go 100% with my thing I don't think it's fair to them or me to split my energy into so that's that's admirable though I mean you want to you want to just do your own music I mean you're what 25 yeah yeah, so it's that time where, you know, you've done all this, the covers and stuff, and now you want to put out your own music, you know? I get it. Yeah, it's it's hard enough when you have a day job that already kicks your ass. It's hard enough to do your your actual labor after that. <laughs> well, New York City, you know, it's a hustle and bustle. You got to, you know, you got to constantly do it, so... It's 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 like you got to have three jobs and then try to be a mu- musician and ah, it's, it's hard. But I, I love get that enough so rest, much. drink water, have a social life. <laughs> yep. If anything, New York City prepares you to be a an amazing single mom because you juggle so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If that's a good analogy, but it just popped in my head. <laughs> 
I grew up with a single mom, so I kind of feel that where she just worked three jobs and all that stuff. She has that New York attitude and she's from Jersey. So now during COVID, did you write a lot of music? Did you like prepare for did you use that time? I I didn't. <laughs> I I've I've been in a songwriting rep for quite a while. I've I've written a little bit, but I don't know. I I've hit a wall with my songwriting and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of it. I don't well, know if it's the lack of inspiration or if something in me died a little bit. <laughs> like I don't know what what happened, but I'm trying to fix it. I think we all hit a hit a wall once in a while, you know? You just I think you just keep like same thing with me. I I mean, I stopped playing and I hate myself for stop playing. It sucks, but I think eventually it's going to it's going to kick in. And when I move back to New York, I am going to push you to constantly play. I'm going to like harass you like, hey, I need a new song here. Let's go. Wait, are you moving back? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Either New York or Boston, but uh, it might be New York. Yeah. I, I love Boston. It's my heart. But uh, there's so much more to do. And I'm never and I I get bored easily. And New York is the only city that doesn't keep me bored, you know? I feel that. I, I need to constantly be stimulated and excited. And uh, New York keeps me on my chest. Yeah. And for people like us, we need that. I remember when we met at uh, the library, we were talking about music and stuff. And I said, uh, Haley, you know, we got we to gotta jam. I'll play drums. We got to jam. And I still have that in my head. So when I get back to New York sometime, when I move back, that has to happen. We got a jam. I will. Let's see. I'll learn monkey wrench. How about that? Okay, we'll play some Foo Fighters, but we'll also play some Alanis. We'll play a bunch of other songs. No Country, of course. <laughs> Don't even know how to play that, to be honest. Me either. <laughs> Imagine us trying to play country music the rock way. Just... Oh, God. It'll come out so bad. <laughs> I do like Dolly Parton, though. Some of her songs are very beautiful, and her songwriting is just amazing. Yeah, tell me why. Probably like three or four years ago, I went on a date, and at some point, I say, "I'm like, yeah, I don't like country music," and she goes, "Wait, so you don't even like Dolly Parton?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> Which it's is hard so... because she's loved by everyone. She has a beautiful personality. Like I just... mean, she as a person, she seems really cool and down to earth and awesome. But like music wise, I'm like, oh, yeah, not for me. But I respect her. She seems really cool. Yeah. You know what I what does it for me when I watch documentaries about musicians? It kind of opens up some stuff and it kind of makes me connect to them because I'm like, oh, they're just like rock musicians struggling and had to go through all that and, you know, had to go through label problem um, and all this stuff like they've done all that, you know, so there is a connection with all musicians, which I love and respect. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so I think what may help is not listening to her music. Listen to her story. I feel like, you know, I'm not going to try and sell country to you. Obviously not. But <laughs> just listen to her, her story. I think you'll admire her story a lot more. 
I got to thank you so much for coming on. And it's always fun to talk to someone about music and especially when, you know, we went through a whole year of not talking to people uh, like at bars and stuff, you know, and I miss that. I miss talking about music and I miss jamming. And so I'm glad we met because you're such a cool person. Um, you're very talented. You. You're a very talented musician. And uh, I also love how you advocate for, you know, human rights and, you know, you put your word out there and, uh, you know, I think that's important as well, you know, because there are a lot of things that need to be changed and all that, but uh, it's all about progress. And I think the more wonderful people speak about it, um, the better we become. So thank you for always doing your part. I've always admired you. So even as a person and uh, oh, thank you, I hope when I get back up there, we have a drink at the library. Hopefully it's still open. I don't even, is it still open? Yeah. Okay. They, they didn't, they opened back up in like June. Cause I know there's a bunch of places that closed down and we're struggling. Like Arlene's grocery was another one. It's my favorite place in New York city. They're uh, open. Yeah. I, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I always wear, see this 25th anniversary shirt. Oh yeah. But yeah, you know, cause I had to try and support that as much as possible and uh i love that bar but i also love the library too so when i get back up there let's hang out the library and uh talk music again and get yeah, drunk for sure. all right Haley, thank you so much for being here thank you right. take care you too.